Welcome to the Corona of Thorns podcast. I'm Father Peter Zwans, and today is Friday of the Octave of Easter. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And with your spirit. To prepare ourselves, let us call to mind our sins. I confess to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words, in what I have done and in what I have failed to do, through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore I ask, Blessed Mary, ever-Virgin, all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Glory to God in the highest, and, and on earth, earth peace to people of goodwill. We praise you, we bless you, we adore you, we glorify you. We give you thanks for your great glory. Lord God, heavenly King, O God, Almighty Father, Lord Jesus Christ, only begotten Son, Lord God, Lamb of God, Son of the Father, you take away the sins of the world, have mercy on us. You take away the sins of the world, receive our prayer. You are seated at the right hand of the Father, have mercy on us. For you alone are the Holy One, you alone are the Lord. You alone are the Most High, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit, in the glory of God the Father. Amen. Let us pray. O God, who have united the many nations in confessing your name, grant that those reborn in the font of baptism may be one in the faith of their hearts and the homage of their deeds. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. A reading from the Acts of the Apostles. While Peter and John were talking to the people, the priests came up to him, accompanied by the captain of the temple and the Sadducees. They were extremely annoyed at their teaching the people the doctrine of the resurrection from the dead by proclaiming the resurrection of Jesus. They arrested them, but as it was already late, they held them till the next day. But many of those who had listened to their message became believers, the total number of whom had now risen to something like 5,000. The next day, the rulers, elders and scribes had a meeting in Jerusalem with Annas the high priest, Caiaphas, Jonathan, Alexander and all the members of the high priestly families. They made the prisoners stand in the middle and began to interrogate them. By what power and by whose name have you men done this? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, addressed them. Rulers of the people and elders, if you are questioning us today about an act of kindness to a cripple and asking us how he was healed, then I am glad to tell you all and would indeed be glad to tell the whole people of Israel 
that it was by the name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene, the one you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by this name and by no other, that this man is able to stand up perfectly healthy, here in your presence today. This is the stone rejected by you, the builders, but which has proved to be the keystone. For of all the names in the world given to men, this is the only one by which we can be saved. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The stone rejected by the builders has become the cornerstone. The stone rejected by the builders has become the cornerstone. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his love has no end. Let the sons of Israel say, his love has no end. Let those who fear the Lord say, his love has no end. The stone rejected by the builders has become the cornerstone. The stone which the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. This is the work of the Lord, a marvel in our eyes. This day was made by the Lord. We rejoice and are glad. The stone rejected by the builders has become the cornerstone. O Lord, grant us salvation. O Lord, grant success. Blessed in the name of the Lord is he who comes. We bless you from the house of the Lord. The Lord God is our light. The stone rejected by the builders has become the cornerstone. Alleluia, alleluia. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad. Alleluia. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus showed himself again to the disciples. It was by the Sea of Tiberias, and it happened like this. Simon Peter, Thomas called the twin, Nathanael from Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two more of his disciples were together. Simon Peter said, I'm going fishing. They replied, We'll come with you. They went out and got into the boat, but caught nothing that night. It was light by now, and there stood Jesus on the shore, though the disciples did not realise that it was Jesus. Jesus called out, Have you caught anything, friends? And when they answered, No, he said, Throw the net out to starboard, and you'll find something. So they dropped the net, and there were so many fish that they could not haul it in. The disciple Jesus loved said to Peter, It is the Lord. At these words, it is the Lord, Simon Peter, who had practically nothing on, wrapped his cloak around him and jumped into the water. The other disciples came on in the boat, towing the net and the fish. They were only about a hundred yards from land. As soon as they came ashore, they saw that there was some bread there, and a charcoal fire with fish cooking on it. Jesus said, Bring some of the fish you have just caught. Simon Peter went aboard and dragged the net to the shore full of big fish, 153 of them. And in spite of there being so many, the net was not broken. Jesus said to them, Come and have breakfast. 
None of the disciples was bold enough to ask, Who are you? They knew quite well it was the Lord. Jesus then stepped forward, took the bread and gave it to them, and the same with the fish. This was the third time that Jesus showed himself to the disciples after rising from the dead. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. The Gospel that the Church gives us to reflect upon today is deeply symbolic. And there's so much going on in here that it's, it's difficult to kind of pick one thing among all of them. So what I want to do is just give you a few little points of reflection. Just highlight a bunch of little things in the Gospel and let you mull over them. If one of these grabs you, just chew on it during the day and allow its meaning to unfold for you. Now, the first thing that's interesting about this gospel is that Jesus gave the instruction to the disciples to go back to Galilee and that he'll meet them there. And so we hear that the disciples now are at the Sea of Tiberias. Now, let's not get confused. This is just another name for the Sea of Galilee. And the disciples now, they're they're back on home turf. They're back in the place where they used to ply their trade and where Jesus originally called them from. And Simon Peter says, I'm going fishing. Unsurprising, I suppose. You know, he's, he's back in his home turf, probably got his boat nearby. But the Lord's not around. We may as well. But here's the problem. You see, Jesus had said, I will make you into a fisher of men. And Peter's just going back to being a fisher of fish. It's almost as if the entire time with Jesus is kind of being bracketed off and they're all going back to where they started. Now take a moment to consider, have there ever been times in our lives where we felt like we've just gone back to square one? That all the different ways you'd imagined that life had changed for you, that you find out it's kind of all the same after all. And I suppose Peter's perhaps a little bit in that frame of mind now. I mean, having denied knowing Jesus three times, it's probably fair enough that he goes back to the profession that he had before he knew Jesus. So what does the Lord do now that his disciples are in this situation? He appears on the shore And the disciples don't realize that it's him. And he calls out, have you caught anything, friends? And of course, their answer is no. Now, this is all sounding very familiar, isn't it? Jesus calls out to them, throw the net out to the starboard and you'll find something. And then they have this great miraculous catch of fish. Jesus meets them where it all began. It sounds like the call of Peter. It sounds like Jesus is making this call of Peter all over again. And I think that's consoling. That in those times when we feel like our lives have gone back to square one, that the Lord meets us at square one and calls us forward to start again. 
It's here too that we see something else that's really true to form. If you remember Easter Sunday, when Mary Magdalene came back to the disciples with the news that the tomb was empty, it was the disciple that Jesus loved that ran faster than Simon Peter and arrived at the entrance of the tomb but didn't go in. The disciple that Jesus loved in a certain way is the one who arrives first at the conclusion, but that it's left to Simon Peter to lead the way. And here once again, it's the disciple that Jesus loves that arrives at the conclusion. It's the Lord, but it's Simon Peter who goes in first. He wraps his cloak around him, jumps into the water and starts swimming to the shore. So Peter makes it to land first. We're told it's about 100 yards, 100 meters or so. And that the other disciples are following in the boat, towing the net with the miraculous catch of fish. And we're told a rather curious detail that there are 153 of them. And that they're big. And that the net is full. Now, this seems oddly specific, doesn't it? And there are pages and pages and pages speculating what that number 153 means. Certainly it means a big number. It means that there's a lot of fish in the net. And the fact that they're big speaks of the abundance of the catch which Jesus is asking these apostles to haul in. But there's an interesting link that's drawn. It's said that at the time of Christ, the common understanding was that there were 153 species of fish in the Mediterranean. And the count of the fish of the net of the apostles seems to speak to us of fullness, of a totality, that the mission of the apostles is to haul in every kind and that hauling in every kind doesn't break the net into which they are called to gather. Surely this gives us something of the icon of the church. But notice this. This is what John says. As soon as they came ashore, they saw that there was some bread there and a charcoal fire with fish cooking on it. And Jesus said, bring some of the fish you have just caught. Now, that's a little odd, isn't it? There's already fish on the charcoal fire and there's bread. Why is it that Jesus now says, look, bring some of the ones that you've just caught? And I think here there's something of the logic of sacrifice. The Lord asks us to give him something of what we have received already from his hands. We have our lives entrusted to us by God, the creator. And what are we to do? Give it back to him. And entrusting to God our lives, it doesn't leave us with less. It leaves us with more. It's the very thing that that nourishes us. It's the very logic of that sacrificial love, which says, when I make a gift of myself, I'm not left empty, but filled. One last little detail. Simon Peter meets Jesus at a charcoal fire. Where did we last meet Simon Peter at a charcoal fire? It was at Caiaphas's house. And one of the high priest's servants says to Peter, 
Didn't I see you in the garden with him? And Peter denied it, and there the cock crew. Now this gospel passage doesn't end where we finished reading at Mass today. It goes on to describe this powerful interaction between Jesus and Peter, when three times Jesus will ask Peter, Do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? Untying the knots of the threefold denial of Jesus at the last charcoal fire. How tenderly and with what mercy does Jesus rebuild a broken Peter? The one who'd gone back to doing what he did before he met Jesus. And the Lord meets him once more at this starting point and draws him forward into a new faith, into a new love, draws him forward and strengthens him to take up the mission that has been entrusted to him as the one who is supposed to confirm the faith of all the other apostles. There's so much happening in this gospel. Today's the Friday after Good Friday, so maybe this is a good opportunity to take up this passage in Scripture, to read it, to meditate, and to pray. At the Saviour's command, and formed by divine teaching, we dare to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil. Graciously grant peace in our days, that by the help of your mercy we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress, as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Saviour, Jesus Christ. For For the the kingdom, kingdom, the the power power, and the glory are yours, now now and forever. Let us welcome Christ in our hearts with an act of spiritual communion. My Jesus, I believe that you are present in the most holy sacrament. I love you above all things, and I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot, at this moment, receive you sacramentally, come at least spiritually into my heart. I embrace you as if you were already there, and unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. And may Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go in peace. Alleluia, alleluia. Thanks be to God. Alleluia, alleluia. And we finish by praying Pope Francis's prayer to Mary during the coronavirus pandemic. O Mary, you shine continuously on our journey as a sign of salvation and hope. We entrust ourselves to you, health of the sick. At the foot of the cross, you participated in Jesus' pain with steadfast faith. You, salvation of the Roman people, know what we need. We are certain that you will provide. 
so that, as you did at Cana of Galilee, joy and feasting might return after this moment of trial. Help us, Mother of Divine Love, to conform ourselves to the Father's will and to do what Jesus tells us. He who took our sufferings upon himself and bore our sorrows to bring us through the cross to the joy of the resurrection. Amen. We seek refuge under your protection, O Holy Mother of God. Do not despise our pleas, we who are put to the test, and deliver us from every danger, O glorious and blessed Virgin. Amen. Thanks for praying with us, and may God bless you abundantly, so that this day may give glory to God our Father. Amen.